0: Welcome back to the Living Well Podcast. I'm Mark Henick. Today on the show we have Jeff King. Jeff is the Chief Operating Officer at SOCAN. Jeff, thanks for joining me today.
1: It's nice to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: I wanted to have you on because I experienced personally back in March we were talking uh off mics earlier uh that I my primary income stream was live events. Uh I went through this whole phase it's a whole it's a whole separate story where I left my corporate 9 to 5 job to follow my dreams and do live <laughs> events performing, inspiring people. Then March hits and over the course of 3 days my calendar empties. It was a I I the only thing I could tell my accountant was that it was a bloodbath. Now I I wanted to talk to you because the music industry is deeply reliant of course on live events and live performances so what have you been seeing in terms of the impact on both the industry and on individual artists
1: well the uh, uh there's been widespread impact uh, both from an um, uh, emotional and physical point of view of course you know the people worried about uh, the impact of covid on their family and loved ones and that's the number one thing but uh business wise uh we saw uh, like you and uh, the bloodbath you described to your uh, accountant, we saw something similar with our concert revenue. It obviously stopped immediately. Um, uh, general licensing, which is bars and restaurants and uh, hospitality, things like that, dried up uh, almost as fast. Yeah. Uh, what we have a couple of things that have continued that have been a little bit surprising, our sort of traditional media, uh, radio and television's been continuing mm. down a bit, but not down that much um uh on that front i'm worried about the macroeconomic impact of covid and uh, and if we move into a depression mm-hmm. but digital has been very strong you know i thought everyone in canada had a netflix uh account and uh evidently <laughs> i was wrong <laughs> <laughs> and and uh and for certainly for large some of the large provinces uh, the uh, uh the stay-at-home uh, uh efforts started right around mm-hmm. the time of march break or spring break depending where you live and we saw an immediate spike in Disney Plus and some other activities like that that went through the roof. So our digital has been quite strong uh, overall. Uh, uh, we expect our revenue to be down 10 to 20 percent for the year mm-hmm. uh, off of uh, last year's 400 million. Uh, still a lot of money, but uh, but not total Armageddon. Uh, our staff are working from home. They have since March 13th. and. Uh, so far, so good on that front. But of course, uh, if, uh, we make a lot of efforts to make sure that people are feeling connected and, and part of the mix. In a couple of months after the beginning of this, we started to see a rise of online concerts. You know, people doing mm-hmm. Facebook live streams, people doing things on YouTube and and the like. It doesn't replace what was there before, but it's a start. Uh, it seems like in
0: terms, it seems like money. Yeah, back in. Uh in March and certainly in April, I think in, in March, there was a, a shock period where nobody really knew what to do. And then in mm-hmm. April, you saw this really beautiful flourishing of creativity among musicians, especially um, actors uh, uh, around the world um, performing either online or from their balcony or wherever else mm-hmm. they might be. Um has that petered off, or have people just stopped paying attention? Because it seemed like it was novel, maybe, uh, but it seems to be happening less now.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, uh, that's a great question. I think some of it has petered off. You know, and, and I loved a lot of the uh, uh, responses to the first responders and such mm-hmm. that was happening through March and April, and uh, you know, every night of people at seven o'clock singing songs or banging pots and pans mm-hmm. or something. Uh, I thought that was really uh, kind of special. That definitely seems to have uh, worn out its novelty. Um, But there are other creative things that are are starting to happen that have uh, stepped into the void, and that's been uh, encouraging as uh, we go along. Um, As the uh, uh, country begins to open up a little bit more in in stages, uh, I think we'll see more of this, but Mm -hmm. people will be nervous. Um, But I, I think you're quite right. The initial shock is probably gone, and now it's... Dealing with how the, this new normal, so to speak, right. that may be with us for quite a while.
0: Right now, y- you've presumably worked with many individual musicians uh, over the course of your career, and in, in the type of work that you do, um, you know. Uh, or, and are you a musician yourself? Uh, nope, I can play the stereo, and that's about it. <laughs> well, that's all you need right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, certainly, of course, it's no—I don't think it's any deep revelation uh, that that creators create because they need to, right? Musicians, it mm-hmm. serves an emotional function. It does, even performing, and I've gotten this too, it it feeds them in a way the audience does. So what kind yeah. of impacts have you been seeing on individual performers not being able to do what they love?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, uh, I'm certainly not a, a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but I have seen... Uh, the impacts of depression and anxiety on this and uh, uh being a uh, creator is not just scratching an itch or and you do it because it feels good it's much more wholesome than that and deeper into the psyche and i have seen the impact of uh, you know, profound almost cabin fever and the sense of missing for a lot of uh, individual uh, performers and creators it's uh Um, uh, uh, it's going to be a dramatic shift for a lot of them. And some of them are emerging from it. Some are doing kind of creative things to continue that activity. Some are doing heads down and writing content like never before mm. just aren't uh, and are sharing it differently you know, digital only that type of thing
0: that's interesting so do you anticipate and maybe you've thought about this before um whenever the world goes into whatever the next normal is um sh- should we expect a sort of rush of all this pent up creativity all the content that's being created now uh,
1: uh, yes I, I do expect that um one of our subsidiaries uh, media net ingest of uh, 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 new song recordings and they uh, ingest about five, 600,000 a month of uh, new songs. And, uh, I do expect that that's going to explode and I can see, uh, a new sort of flavor towards it. Um, mm. uh, I, I, you know, I think we will see a renaissance of, uh, connect songs about connectivity and missing you and, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. we're already seeing the early signs of that, uh, with some of the stuff that's gone on this summer with new releases. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm a, uh, I, again, I'm not a musicologist, but I can sort of see that being a trend that'll uh, stick for a while. It's yeah. large social, economic things, uh, civil unrest, like we're seeing right now in some parts of the world, they have profound impacts on the cultural and the creator side. Yeah, And, uh, this is when you hear, you know, that's when the, the best anti-war songs come up when the people are mad about Vietnam, right. yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now from a, a licensing perspective though, which is where you guys uh, play, mm-hmm. um, do you see the, the pandemic having had an impact on indie artists and emerging artists, certainly more so than more established or, or, uh, artists with, with much more corporate money already? Um, yeah, uh, in essence, uh, it's a different challenge.
1: And mm-hmm. so uh, the uh, the indie or the up the, the newer upstart uh, artists often relies on uh, uh, touring and working locally, and not not just to refine their craft, but also to put money on the table. Mm-hmm. And that's disappeared, and those opportunities are not there like they were before. And I think that's been a, a dramatic impact. Um, uh, the, the Canadian government's done some things to help them uh, financially, and so can put in a, uh, an initiative called Encore to help folks get uh, uh, get uh, access to some royalties to help uh, get through this period. But we are, we, I think, there are a number of areas where the people are struggling with some of that stuff, uh, the Indies and the, and the new folks.
0: We're going to take a quick break, and after the break, while we've heard about the great support that SOCAN is offering to working artists, artists still need to work, they still need to perform, often just to pay the bills. So when we come back, we're going to speak with a working musician uh, about what that's like, and she's very much actually still in it since she calls us from the road.
2: The Living Well podcast is brought to you by WellCAN, a free mental health and well-being resource offered by Morneau Chappelle at WellCan.ca and on the WellCan app in the App Store, you'll find information, assessments, and resources to support your mental health. WellCan resources are supplied by morneau Chappelle's expert clinicians as well as through partnerships with some of the biggest companies from across Canada and around the world. And now back to the Living Well podcast and your host, Mark Henick.
0: I see that we're joined by Susie. Uh, Susie, I'd like to bring you into the conversation that we're already recording. So thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. Um, this is the life of a, a singer-songwriter, right? Coming, right? I see that you're you're yeah. joining us from your car, it looks like. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, t- I've taken more than a few calls and recorded even some of the content for this podcast in my car, so I, I get you
3: know, it. It's so funny how you have to get creative these days with doing things because, you know, I mean, part of it is it's great that you're able to do anything from anywhere, but, um, yeah, I'm actually in Prince Edward County, and where I was doesn't really have... Um, reliable Wi-Fi so right. I'm in the parking lot of a
0: Tim Hortons. <laughs> you know it, it, it's so interesting actually to think of the um, scrappy musician uh, and how uh, people you and people like you have been making it through the pandemic so far so um, how has this uh, what we've been going through since March now how has it impacted you both as an artist uh, and uh, as a, as a professional working musician?
3: Well, you know, one thing I keep saying to people and, you know, not to sound preachy, but it's mindset. Mindset Mm -hmm. is everything. You know, whether you're a musician or whatever it is you do in your life and actually not just for your profession, but in your life in general. If you perceive something to be positive, which I'm telling you, you know, as much as the media and everything else that's going around kind of portrayed it as this horrible thing that's going on. I'm not downplaying any of the negative sides of it. But if you choose to focus on that, then that's exactly what you're going to see. The thing was, as soon as this started happening, I mean, I had a full-time job as well. And I ended up no longer having that employment and I became a full-time musician. But, you know, I said to people and they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, no, don't be sorry. (laughs) That's the universe telling me it's time. Now you are a full-time musician, both feet in and, you know, finding ways to make sure that I make this work. And I've taken every opportunity to just focus and on, and on, becoming a musician and how I can make this a viable career and make sure that there's still money coming in. And I'm telling you, when you see it that way, you'll find those opportunities. And, Mm. you know, I'm sure later in the conversation, we'll get into that. Some of the things that I've been looking at and how I've been able to do that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, it it seems that uh, in your case, all that it took was a global pandemic to make you follow your dreams. Uh, Hopefully people (laughs) do it before before that, Uh, but whatever it takes uh, uh, to get there. And, and you know, you
3: know the, yeah, sorry.
0: No, please go ahead.
3: Well, I was going to say that, you know, it was about three years ago that I, I mean, I've been, you know, working in the corporate world for a long time, over 20 years. And three years ago, I made this decision that I wanted to pursue my passion. And being a mother to two children, I couldn't just leave everything and jump right into my passion, you know, because I had to make sure that I had some kind of revenue stream coming through that. Um, but up until this point, I hadn't really jumped in with both feet. You know, I had one foot in, one foot out. And even though I was doing both jobs full time, you know, the music and my other job in the airlines, um, this was the time right now that it just kind of pushed me hmm. where otherwise I think I would have had more resistance to jumping in, you know, full on into it. Now, but uh, now this was the opportunity.
0: And I'm assuming, you know, that there is a bit of an adaptation curve here. And in other words, it didn't March didn't come along. The whole world shuts down and you say, great, this is my chance. I assume that there is an adaptation there.
3: Uh, I'll tell you honestly, and no lie. Like the day I got the phone call from my job saying, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. I said, please do not be sorry. This is the best day of my life. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't know how they took that, but right.
0: <laughs> you know, to, them,
3: to me, it just, it signifies a lot sure. and I'm ready for the next step. Mind you, my, my other job also was aware that I was, you know, had a music career and everything sure. else. So they knew that that's my, my, my dream and my passion. And they knew this was the opportunity for me to pursue that full time now.
0: Well, and Jeff and I were just discussing how, um, performing and mute and creating is more than just a job, uh, for those who do it, for the artists who do it, um, that there's something, y- y- whether it's being being in front of a live audience, or the act of of writing a song or creating something new and putting it out there, there's something very personal about that. So, how has uh, uh, granted you only you came into doing this in the pandemic uh, as a full time career? Um, but what challenges has that presented to you, not being able to necessarily share your your uh, creations with the world in the way that maybe you had expected?
3: Well, see, that's where I think I'm an anomaly again <laughs> because I lucked out in that before this all hit. I mean, in February, I was in LA shooting two music videos. I wanted to have content. Um, so I shot two music videos. I already had four songs ready to go from the beginning of the year. They're already mixed, mastered, and ready to be released. And I already had a plan in place for the whole year that every three months I had a single coming out. So because I had that and planning ahead, I actually had material put out and I've been releasing music right now. And I think, you know, a lot of people have been hesitant to put out stuff and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is the perfect time to put out stuff. Cause if any time you're going to get support, it's right now, yeah. you know, um, because there's not much out there or not as much as there normally would be. So you kind of actually stand out by doing that. Yeah. So I think being prepared in any case, you know, not just because there's a pandemic coming. Once you have a plan in place, um, you've got the material, you've got the stuff there so that if something hits, I wasn't scrolling scrambling to have material put out there having said that the other side of it is because the distractions of not necessarily being able to perform uh weren't there you can kind of hone in on your craft Mm -hmm. and working on that you know i've been songwriting a lot more planning more deciding my strategy of what i'm doing next and Mm -hmm. You know, then other things came along where I started to say, "Okay, we're going to start performing again. How are we going to do this? I started reading about the whole drive in festival thing, and that's where I came up with the concept of doing a drive in festival. And it was a matter of just jump on it. You know, I had no clue. I don't know how to put on a festival, but it just once you get in it, I found the support and the people who wanted to be a part of it just to do it. It was so easy to get done because people were eager for it.
0: And what's the response been to the drive-in festival? So uh, adequately, just for, for clarity, adequately socially distanced or physically distanced uh, concerts, what's the response been?
3: Well, I mean, that's why I made the decision that I didn't want to do it via radios. We didn't do Mm -hmm. it at a drive-in. We did it on someone's personal property. And so we actually had a PA system. And I I really lucked out because we had it planned so that people can park their cars. We gave them an extra six to eight feet to be able to sit on a lawn chair outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I did check with the local community there and, you know, the municipality make sure we weren't going against any bylaws. We weren't. But we lucked out that the day before we went to phase three. So right. the concert or the festival was on July 18th, July 17th, we went to phase three in the outside areas outside of Toronto. Um, so people were able to sit outside and there was no issue with that either. Okay. But, yeah, you know, the overall reaction to that was amazing. I talked to every single person who showed up at the festival. I went up to the cars, personally spoke to them, thanked them for being there, and everybody was just so excited and so happy. And uh, needless to say, the musicians themselves and the artists were incredibly um, thankful for it.
0: Yeah. Now, Jeff, what have you, in, in terms of um, putting a creation out there into the world now versus then versus later, um, what does music consumption look like from a data perspective? Have you seen platforms like Apple Music Spotify YouTube increasing or uh, do you have any insight um
1: on? yeah the uh, uh, I was worried when the uh, uh, when the shutdown happened that the streaming would slow because people wouldn't be commuting anymore mm-hmm. uh, and, and all that type of stuff but it really hasn't it's been pretty steady people are listening to Spotify and Apple in their home offices uh, one area where we've seen have seen dramatic increase has been uh, YouTube and uh, it's up 35 to 40% oh, wow. uh, over the last quarter or so and I think sometimes people are using it as a music player. Other times they just have it as background things. They watch out of the corner of their eye or something while they're mm-hmm. doing their work. Um, so the, the, the digital space has been uh, quite strong through all this. And it may be part of a tipping point, a part of a new normal about how uh, music and entertainment's consumed uh, going forward.
0: Yeah, so, well, that's just it. How do you see this changing, uh, moving forward from here in a, in a year or two years from now? Will this have a- affected the industry permanently?
1: I think it will. I think it will accelerate the move towards uh, uh, digital uh, service uh, providers. We, we are seeing a continued strength of cable operators in, in Canada, but, um, but there's been a slow and steady erosion uh, with them. And, uh, and I, I don't think that bell's going to be unrung. I think people are going to continue with this path. And as I mentioned at the beginning, there's a number of new streaming services, you know, Netflix and Disney Plus are tip of the iceberg, but there's a bunch of them now that are fulfilling certain specific needs. And I think that that will accelerate uh, for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, Susie, what are you doing to stay well in all of this? You know, it's such a different time. It's being a musician at the best of times isn't, no, no, isn't known for being great for your mental health and, and emotional well-being, always anyway. Um, so w- what keeps you grounded through all this?
3: I think, again, you know, I bring it back to the point that it's not just what you're doing in your career and, you know, your as your profession. I think in your life, you have to be a grounded person in general. So you work on all areas of that regardless. And, you know, I still even though I I don't want to say I lost my day job because music Mm -hmm. is my job now, but um, I still wake up at 5 a.m. I, you know, do things like meditation, yoga, go out for a walk for an hour and doing that, working on your mental state is Mm. number one. You know, once you start in a good place and you start off your day in a good place, this is what you look like. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people are always like, what are you so happy about? I'm like, I'm alive. You know, I have another day to be able to create something, to do something, to experience life, you know? And so people, for example, who are very um, kind of they found it strange when we had to be, you know, um, staying at home and I'm thinking, but that's not the worst thing that could be asked of you you know, to right. stay at home. Mm-hmm. And, but it, I think it caused a lot of people to kind of self-reflect because you're spending a lot of time by yourself and having to go internalize and understand yourself better and getting to know yourself better. But I think doing the work of doing that, it helps actually to guide you in your life and where you need to be going. But I've done that always, you know, it's not just something I started doing now because of the pandemic. So when we went into this, I had no issue with being at home. And again, just taking time, read books. You know, I do a lot of, um, you know, whether it's Osho or Wayne Dyer and all those kind of motivational stuff. I think it's an important thing to kind of feed your brain The right positive kind of messages, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot out there right now, especially if you're listening to, you know, I don't watch television. I don't watch the news. I don't really read anything. Not that I want to be ignorant or not know what's going on, but I kind of create my own world. And so when I'm doing something, whether it's writing music or whatever it is, it comes from a good inspired place and without all the negativity that you could possibly put into your head.
0: How has the music community been staying connected internally? You know, that's a a, um, a group unto itself often who support each other. So how have you been connected with other musicians?
3: Well, again, with the whole online thing, right? So I've seen, I mean, how many musicians now are working together a lot more, collaborating, Mm -hmm. even musicians in other cities. So I've done some of the live feeds and, you know, everybody's in a different city. And we were kind of actually having a discussion about that going... How cool is this? because if we were trying to put together a show, where would I be doing a show with someone else who's in Vancouver and someone else who's in Calgary and now you're doing these live feeds with people from all over the place and connecting so it's made us a little closer or actually mm-hmm. a lot closer mm-hmm. and you know connecting with people you otherwise wouldn't have been doing performances with maybe necessarily
0: yeah so
3: Je- that's a great thing
0: And Jeff, what's the music industry been doing at, in a formal perspective to support artists? Um, there's been a variety of different programs. Uh, uh,
1: SoCAN has uh, had a couple, uh, uh, one called Encore, where people are able to get advances on royalties. There's been different things like virtual songwriting camps and uh, and things along those lines. Those are been SoCAN initiatives. Other stakeholders have done different uh, but similar products uh, to uh, to help uh, uh, people get out there and get their content out there and also remain connected with other key stakeholders. Uh, Including their labels and their publishers and uh, and other people that they work with, it uh, it it has been uh, very good to see how people have sort of rally around each other to to make it through this. It's uh, it's not uniquely Canadian thing, but uh, but I'm proud of the Canadian response
0: to a lot of this. Yeah, it's inspiring all the same. Uh, Jeff King is the chief operating officer at SOCAN. Susie Curry is a singer songwriter, and you have an upcoming EP.
3: Yeah, I'm working on, I mean, I've got six songs already done. And luckily through this pandemic, I've been able to write a hell of a lot more songs. <laughs> I'm actually heading to Los Angeles at the end of the month to record a couple more songs. And then heading to Tennessee to do another festival. Re- Love Revolution too.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much.
3: Thanks. Thank you.
2: You've been listening to The Living Well Podcast. Mark Hennick is our host and executive producer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the show. There's no cost involved. You just hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a rating to let us know how we're doing. For more information about the show and the WellCan project, visit wellcan.ca. The Living Well Podcast is produced for Morneau Chappelle by Mark Hennick and Eye Contact Productions. I'm Dave Trafford. Oh, mm-hmm. oh,